Hello, and welcome to Personalized Learning with Matt and Courtney. This is Matt. I'm Courtney. We talk about the do-do's. And the don't-do's of of personalized personalized learning. learning. Yes, we do. Yeah, that's our gig. Yes, we do. We do this every week. Thank you for subscribing. (sighs) If you haven't yet, please go do that. Absolutely subscribe. Hit this hit pause. Pause. We'll wait. Hit the subscribe button, and then we'll be back. Okay, welcome back. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you so much. (laughs) All right, so we're going to talk today about paying for personalized learning. Mm. It is kind of getting into budget season, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It sure is. is That is on the front burner is the budget for next year. So, um, yeah, timely. Timely, and I think we're going to go in a direction that you may not quite expect. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, I do, too. Well, okay, so we got this from um, our, our basis of this is really an article that we read uh, a couple weeks ago. It's in uh, the journal. Uh, it's called <laughs> The Journal. The Journal. Uh, yeah, so it's it's from a, a technology blog basically, but it talks about paying for personalized learning because one of the things that that you hear all the time is you have to have a ton of ton technology. of money, ton yeah. of technology. Yeah, which costs a lot of money. So yeah, sorry, which is a, a is a holdback, right? For, for a lot Absolutely. Of well, I think anytime you're bringing something, a different way of doing anything into a district, the first question is, well, if not the first question, one of the first questions is how much does this cost? Right. And we always hear about there has to be a technology investment. Right. But we talk about on this podcast a lot of times that it's not, the technology isn't the reason for personalized learning. It's no. A, it's a support. It's a support. But it's a big support, and it's a necessary support. Oh, totally. If you want to do it as best as possible. Yeah. Well, right? you not only, like, you know, computers and devices, which really every school should have at this point. It's right. like we're beyond the 21st century, aren't we? I think it's 22nd like, century yeah. now. So um, that's, like, come on now. That needs to happen. It's 2018. Right. There should be computers and devices in every school. Yeah, there should. We should be using them automatically. Yeah. And if this is a struggle, then yeah. you need to fight for it in your schools. Right. It's 2018. Do it. Have a walkout for technology. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. So, <laughs> so this article really talks about what are the costs for it. And uh, they, their statement is just how much does it cost to set up a personalized learning plan for an entire school? Yeah. And is it really sustainable? Right. Great questions. And I think the answers are going to surprise you. <laughs> okay. Maybe, maybe that's a little too much. That's a little too much. Okay. So let's talk about this a little bit. So you are a district administrator. I am. With, uh, you know, purview to the budget and are a major part of budget discussions, maybe not a major part, but a part at, at some point in the at process. I, as a, as an instructional coach, that is something that I don't ever have to deal with. I just... It's beyond your purview. <laughs> it's beyond my, it's beyond my pay grade, too. Yeah, well, that's too. <laughs> I don't think you want it, so that's fine. I don't know. I no. go back and forth. Yeah. But, well, uh... It's um, input, but not responsibility, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yes. And when you have when you have input, you have of course you want as much as possible. Right? Yeah. We all do. As teachers, we want as much as possible of whatever it is in our classroom to help us teach. Yeah. Which is fine. And there's budget realities around that. And <laughs> some budgets, the way they're built, are different in every district in every state. Uh, in in our state, uh, we have some local money that has to be raised. Mm-hmm. We get some state money, yeah. and we get some federal money for uh, different federal grants. Okay. In other states, I know it works that the state just gives you uh, a bunch of money, and you do whatever you want with it. Seriously? Yeah. 
So oh, yeah, I guess every, it's, well, you know. Yeah, there's, there's every just different, different ways to set it up, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there, there are advantages and disadvantages to every single way. Sure. So we're stuck with a way in Maine that any time the budget goes up, it's usually based on the local taxpayers. Right. Which is a hard sell because now we're not just building a budget to build education, but we have to think of um, the community and how their taxes are going up. And, and every, it's, it's a big discussion that happens every year that you have to go out to communities. So, so you have to really support where what you're buying and what you're using in the budget. Right. Which makes, the good part is it makes you really think about exactly what you're spending your money on and are you getting the outcomes you want because of that investment. You are also in a district that is like a good eight years into learner-centered, proficiency-based yes. education. So you've had a lot of experience with this idea of like breaking down the budget and selling it in order to get this off the ground and sustain it so what have been like if you kind of think about what the trends have been for how the money is spent in a budget yeah that in a district that's going going to or sustaining personalized learning um what what are your observations well one of the one of the advantages for what we do in maine is uh, we had a main learning technology initiative that's true way back when that is true and for those of you who are unfamiliar with it um when uh, Senator Angus King was our governor a number of years ago. Wait, pause. He's the coolest. He is the coolest. <laughs> he is the coolest, and he should run for president. Oh, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> so regardless of our political statements there, yeah. he started this way back when, which basically got laptops into the hands of 7th and 8th graders right. across Maine. Yes. And it was paid for by the state. Yeah. And they got some great deals and, you know, you buy in bulk. But the idea was you put technology in the hands of kids, the amazing things that can come out of that one. Right. So a lot of districts took that to another level, thinking if they're just 7th and 8th graders, why not continue that into high school? Right, yeah. So they locally budgeted over time to get devices in the hands of kids more on a one-to-one level Yeah. at all levels. And your district did that. And our district has done that yeah. and is continuing to do that. And we continue to get uh, devices in the hands of kids as early as kindergarten. Yeah. Uh, it's not quite one-to-one yet, but uh, we know the, the, the value of it and the, the community get, knows the value of, of putting devices in the hands of kids. So the more, the better. Mm. Now, what do, you, what do you do with that is a, is a different question, but at least you have the technology there to begin with. So for your district, the initial technology purchase was not really a factor, is what I'm hearing you say. It wasn't. For devices, anyway. It wasn't for devices. Yeah. Because okay. everybody realized the value of why is it just 7th and 8th grade? Right. Why can't we continue that one? Right. And okay. so you have to build over time. You can't do it all at once, right? So the MLTI program, I think, if I'm correct, has is like it's at least twelve years old. At I this believe point. that's about right. Yeah. So that was kind of pre personalized learning. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, it had really nothing to do with you know learner centeredness or proficiency based or personalized learning, none of that. Okay. It was just like if we put amazing technology in the hands of kids, what are the learning outcomes that what they can, can happen? happen? Right. And so and there's been a lot of support from the state. Yeah. And, and districts have done some amazing things. Oh for sure. Um but that I know it's not the case all over the country. Uh, yeah, and not I think true. That's, yeah. that's that's a lot of this is where, what do you do if you want to go to more of a personalized or anything, which is a movement that that is you know holding across the country at this point. So what do you what do you do with it, and why? Maybe why do you need the technology? We've talked a lot about that. Mm-hmm. 
but how much does it cost is yeah. one of the first things that you said yeah. uh, in this podcast is is how much does that cost right and that's kind of where the impetus of this article went but then it also talks about what happens after so yeah. let's talk about this pie chart a little bit okay yeah there is a really neat part 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 chart it's pie, chart. pie chart we will <laughs> we'll link to it yes absolutely um, so my understanding of it is this is a a pie chart of kind of the budget breakdown for the initial year of implementing personalized learning in a in a school, not even a district. This is just a school, right? right? Okay, so forty one percent went to technology, startup costs. Yeah, startup yes. costs. So this, I'm assuming, is a district that had to buy devices. Just beginning. Yeah, I would assume yeah. that they have minimal because that's none. a huge chunk of a budget. So they probably yeah. had right little or none. Right. Yeah. Um, after that, twenty one percent goes to professional development. Or went to professional development. I said I would say then um, it goes down from there. They all they hover around ten percent. So eleven percent to stipends and bonuses. Um, and people in districts are familiar with all that means. Mm-hmm. So probably teacher leadership and things like that. Sure. Um, then ten percent to instructional support staff. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, those would be things like ed techs for people who or uh paraprofessionals other just other states right. call them call them that teacher um teacher assistants things like that um then we've got uh materials and furniture then consultants and um a specific leap personnel and that must be like a specific uh yeah. company's um, consultants. Yeah, this is based on a report by Leap out of oh, Chicago. Oh, all right. Well, there you go. <laughs> so that, that, that's what that's what that is. Uh, then the last one is about four percent for some extra admin and personalized learning focused staff. So, oh, cool. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of stuff in there, but as you said at the beginning, the bulk of this is on technology. The technology, right? Right, and then the support. So, think people are thinking right now, holy crap, that's that doesn't count salary, normal salaries or anything. So startup costs, almost half of it. Uh, actually, just over two-fifths of it. Thanks, math man. Yes, is technology, which is huge. However, there's some good news. Right? Understandable. Well, hold on. Before we before we go to the good news, okay. I know you're excited about the good news. I you, love you good want, news. You want people to have this good news. Can you do a rough pie chart of what it looked like, initial startup costs for personalized learning in your district that first year? Yeah. What do you think it would be? Uh, it would probably be still probably be at least a third. Technology yeah. would be a third. Yeah. Okay. Would any of the other things change? Um, I think there was less in stipends and bonuses. Okay. More on extra staff. Yeah. At that point, and PD. That's that's ah, the bulk of it. That's you the know, bulk of it. Materials yeah. and furniture, not so not much. So much. Yeah. Consultants, eh, there there was some. Yeah. Um, extra extra ed techs and stuff. That's. There, there was more ten years ago. There was more eight years ago than there is now. There's just a budget reality. Okay, yeah. But, but I, there was more people then. Yeah. And less technology, but only because we had some of that technology already. Right, right, right. So if, right. if you're talking technology, not just devices, but maybe more programs. Okay, that makes um, sense. Yeah. Well, that's how I, I would I, I would lump I would read that, that to too. technology. Yeah. And I th- I would say probably a, a third of it was technology. So it was still huge. Yeah. It was still huge still because big. we know that that there are a lot of reasons for using technology in the classroom. Okay. Awesome. So I just wanted people to get like a different. Yeah. You know, a different kind of breakdown Even for if what you a have first that, year looks like. There's yeah. still going to be an awful lot of technology. Right. Regardless yeah. of what the actual number is, it's, it's going to be a 
probably your biggest chunk that first year. Awesome. Trying to help kids. I agree. Yeah. I think it makes sense. I think it makes sense. I'm not too. surprised. Like, this isn't a shocker to me. This at all. is not a shocker. Yeah. So it's a shocker if you think that happens every year, though. Yeah. And that's the interesting part. All right. About say this more report. about that, Matt. So, what it, the, the report does talk about recurring IT spending doesn't increase substanti- substantially, and by year five, accounts for only about 2% of the budgets. Wow, that's insane. <clears throat> so, it's really gone down quite a bit. Uh, yeah. Right. There's a, <laughs> because I think once you have the technology in place, a lot of the resources go to people right. and professional development, especially. That, so in your, that's, what begin, that's what expands. That's what expands. Yeah. And because that, now that you have all these things, yeah. whether it's devices or programs or um, whatever it might be, those are just the two things that off the top of my head. <laughs> but now how do you, how do you use them effectively? And that's where the professional development comes in, yeah. right? So that's where the money has to go. How do we how do we design things to help teachers, whether it's instructional coaches such as yourself, mm-hmm. or whether it's outside consultants trying to come in, or a combination, or just staff development? Uh, you need resources in order to do this PD. So I I think the PD goes up as the technology goes down, because you don't yeah. you don't need new devices at that's that point. You have devices, and if you know if you've got competent people. You can stretch that those devices and those programs as thin as possible and as long as possible, so you're not replacing stuff every year. Right. 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 Startup costs are always going to be more. Yes. Uh, and it's yeah. not just about technology, is it? No. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. Yeah. So okay, like <laughs> when we first talked about the cost, it was really interesting because I don't live in the budget world. Like, right. I, I live in the more human world. More human world. <laughs> Not sure how to take that, but okay. I live in the human world. I live in the budget world. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah, we did have some good talks about that, right? We did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because pre-talk. we did. Well, because my initial reaction to all of this was like, yeah, well, like emotionally and energetically, it's way more of an, of an, of an investment upfront also. Right. And I, th- I think that's a good way to, to put it. Is yeah. that's what people talk about all the time. Yeah. Right? And some of the some of our teachers, some teachers that we that we consult with, that we that we just talk to, they they always say, "It's a lot of work." It's a ton of work. But once you're into it, what what is is it well, a ton so of work here's after the thing. that? No, it isn't. And see, so, like, oh, I, I, I it's the, it's same, the thing. same thing. I don't even agree, like that. This statement, it's a ton of work. Like, I agree with that. Yes, it is a ton of work. I think the implication in there, though, is sometimes is that this is more work than what I used to do. And I disagree with that. It is, teaching is hard work. Always has been, always will be. When you move to personalized learning, the investment, the startup investment of your energy, whether it's for a unit, a project, a year, or like the whole thing, your personal investment is upfront. And then you're not doing as much work, um, like midstream, as as it's running, as it's going. You don't do the same kind of the same amount of work as you do in a tr- more traditional system. So it is similar to the money cost. Yes. So are you saying that once you're comfortable with the personalized learning model, mm-hmm. you're doing less work? Not quite sure how to frame this one. No, I'm not saying that because I think 
you're still doing I, I think that it's just that that wave like if you were going to draw like an image of this like it's like it's high up front and then drops high up front and then drops high like right okay so there's a lot of uh, initial talk with kids about um you know setting up units and setting yeah. up yeah, setting yeah, yeah, up yeah. lessons and setting yeah. up whatever opportunities yeah the, learning set, opportunities, the right? setup of, of a learning opportunity is a lot of stuff is a lot of work which Once it kind of the, always was. Right? It always was, right. Well, I don't think so. Like, I have a different view. I think people okay. kind of um, put the same amount of work into planning as they did to instructing, as they did to assessing all the while. Okay. And when you're switching to personalized learning, the emphasis on the teacher as always instructing is less. And you don't necessarily have to have a fully planned lesson for every day. It's hard to do in a personalized learning world, right? It's really hard to do. Right, because you don't necessarily know. So I've been thinking about this a lot. Yeah, yeah. So that's a good way to bring that up, yeah. is that we planned. I'm thinking back to my first couple of years. We planned like every lesson every day. Right, right. Yes, that's what I'm saying. But yes. we also know that nine times out of 10, 98 times out of 100, those kids took us in a slightly different direction because they did something that right. we didn't quite expect, yes. which was still learning and still going down the right path, but not the path that I wanted. So we had to adjust on the fly and do that because that's what they needed at the time. That's just good teaching. Yeah. Now it's explicit that we expect that to happen. Right. So so we don't make like six plans. Exactly. Plan. So it's all about the planning the, the initial planning. The initial planning and setting up for the learners to, to yes. take it. And I think the other the other piece of it is like, because you could do, you could plan personalized learning that isn't learner-centered. And if you're planning personalized learning that isn't learner-centered, you're doing way too much work. Oh, totally agree. <laughs> like, totally then, agree. Yeah, I agree with the statement, this is a lot of work, including all of the subtext of like, mm -hmm. this is more work than I used to do. Yes, it is. Yep. And you're doing it wrong. So like, the more um, the more you empower the learners, the less you do as a teacher. Like the less you take on, like it's a whole for sure. It's a closed system. Right. Like, and, but so if you think about it, like in a traditional system, a lot of the whatever belongs to the teacher. When you get to proficiency based or personalized, it might be kind of half and half, depending on how much agency the learners have so the more agency and the more empowered the learners are in the personalized learning system the less is on the teacher which is the way it should be right oh i yes the learners are there to learn uh, yeah and they're there to uh give input and help direct their learning right that's what personalized learning is yeah 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 so yeah, yeah, it's they whether it is monetary, um, energetically, psychologically, um, intellectually, the investment in personalized learning is upfront. It it's and then um, I don't know the fancy financial word for it. It's not diminishing returns. That sounds bad, but like it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's it. That's not the right word. <laughs> I don't think that's it. It, someone can tweet at us with the right word if you want. But Please. Yeah, your investment over the costs over time um, uh, go down. Is that like a laugher curve? Don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> Heard that on a TV show once. Okay. So that was a great discussion. Yeah. Okay, we're going to wrap this one up. Okay. Okay. Where can you follow us, Courtney? 
Oh, the show Twitter at P Learn MC. Um, my Twitter is at Belolency. Matt's is at Eat Sleep Stats. Can you follow us on Facebook? You can. I don't okay. know that one. I think it's just P Learn MC, right, at this point? I think they're all P Learn MC. That makes it, that's why I can't remember them. Because I feel like <laughs> I need to. Just P Learn MC, people. Yeah, they used to be different, and now they're not. Yeah. So, yeah, just go and follow us. We put up some stuff sometimes. Excellent. But, uh, and please follow our website. And yeah. Give us comments on the parking lot. Yeah. I, That's uh, plearnmc.com. It is plearnmc.com. It's like it's all the same thing. It's all the same thing. plearnmc. 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 All right. We will talk next time, people.